0: Hello, everyone. This is Scott Shell, and this is the Ben Barry Podcast here in the Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at believe.com and at Believe on Twitter. You can find me personally at Shell Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about the Golden State Warriors and their next few matchups over the week. But before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the football field once again. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more props, odds, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football-related. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the BetOnline podcast here for Thursday, May 12th. Before we went on break, we previewed what we are doing with this week's show. Once again, talk about the Golden State Warriors and their upcoming matchup or matchups. Against the Memphis Grizzlies because we don't exactly know how long the series is going to go. But before getting into the actual thoughts for the rest of the series, we have to quickly recap how we did last week and how Golden State did last week. And lucky for us, we both did pretty well. We ended up going two and one on the spreads, and the Golden State Warriors ended up winning two of the three games. So to go through those, we had the Grizzlies covering each of the last three games in the series. And they covered two of the last three. And on top of that, Golden State won two of the last three. So can't really complain too much. Golden State's now up 3-2. I know that everyone enters game six with a little bit of a, I'd say, a confusing vibe because of how awful the last game went for game five. But either way, the point is that Golden State's one game away from advancing to the Western Conference Finals, and that's definitely a good thing So let's recap each individual game that we previewed last week. So going through game three, they ended up entering that game tied at one-to-one. And I figured that with Dylan Brooks being out, Memphis would actually respond quite well because I don't think Dylan Brooks is very good. And I was wrong because Golden State came out and absolutely destroyed the Memphis Grizzlies. They won that game by 30. They scored 142 points. Basically, Golden State could not miss a shot for the entire game. And Memphis was never in it. Uh, They kept it close for about a half. Jaw hit the half-court shot to end the first half. And after that, Golden State absolutely blitzed them in the second half and won the game by 30. So really not much to report there. We ended up getting both the side and the total wrong in that game. But then we responded quite nicely in Game 4, where we had the Grizzlies covering the spread on the road, and we also had the under in that game – And that was really never in doubt because the Grizzlies were leading for the majority of that game. Golden State eventually took over the game late and won that game by three. A couple of great defensive plays by Draymond Green on Jaron Jackson Jr. He forced a miss there on one of the layup attempts, and he also blocked the potential game-tying three-pointer. I believe it was the game-tying three-pointer at the time with less than a minute to go. But Golden State then won the game by three. And then you had yesterday's game which I really don't know what to make of because there have been some theories all season long that the Grizzlies are a better team without Ja Morant and even though that does sound a bit crazy because Ja won most improved he was an all-star you know he's a superstar point guard or at least he has the media coverage of a superstar point guard and yet Memphis really took Golden State behind the woodshed they led by 10 after one They led by 27 at the half, and if you look at the actual largest lead in this game, the Memphis Grizzlies led by 55 in the second half, 55 points, and Golden State lost the game eventually by 39. Memphis didn't care about the fourth quarter, only scored 15 with the scrubs in there, and Golden State was able to cut into that 50-point deficit and lose by 39. Now, there are really two ways to look at what happened in Game 5. On one hand, Memphis isn't going away. They might be better without Ja, so maybe we have a series on our hands. And the other way to look at it is that Golden State lost a game that they could honestly afford to lose because it's one thing to be up 3-1. It's another thing to actually clinch the series on the road, which is very difficult to do. And as long as Golden State defends home court in Game 6 – then they still advance. So Golden State does have a couple of games to quote-unquote play with. Of course, you want to end the series sooner rather than later, but in a must-win game at home, I'm not exactly surprised that the Grizzlies responded nicely in this actual game. And the fact that Golden State was only favored by four on the road with Ja being out was kind of telling, and it seemed like Golden State, simply put, recognized the fact that they had a couple other games in their back pocket. Memphis knew that they did not. And the Grizzlies, simply put, wanted it more. Now, there are a couple other layers to unpack here. I'm going to start off with the coaching situation for Golden State. Now, Mike Brown, who was recently named the head coach of the Sacramento Kings, was the acting head coach for Game 4 and Game 5. Because Steve Kerr, of course, tested positive for COVID. He is vaccinated. So according to, I'd say, expectations, he is expected to be back for game six, which will be taking place on Friday. Is that a guarantee? No, but it does seem like there's a decent chance that he will be back on the bench. And the truth is, Golden State really needs him. I know that a lot of Golden State fans have been critical of Steve Kerr over the last couple of years. I think all criticisms need to be put to bed at this point because the alternatives are pretty awful. And Mike Brown, I have never been a fan of. We know most of his success came when he had LeBron in Cleveland. He also was part of one of the shortest years to start a season by a head coach of all time because the Lakers fired him in about a week <laughs> a couple years ago when they tried that Steve Nash, Dwight Howard experiment. He was the original head coach, and he got fired basically a week or two into the job. So he has not really been a head coach in a long period of time, and you can see why because I don't think he's very good. And even though Golden State did win the game in Game 4, They looked awful throughout the game, and the fact that they won the game was, I don't want to say a miracle, but it was definitely unexpected, and Golden State made a couple championship plays. They ended up winning the game, but then they responded to that awful performance where they got a little bit lucky and won by having an even worse performance in Game 5. Now, Memphis defensively has been a lot better with Jaw off the court over the course of the season, but if you're Golden State, You can score less than 102 points in back-to-back playoff games, and it does seem like Mike Brown was a little bit lost with the rotations. The timeout usage wasn't great. Now, I'm not fully blaming Brown because, of course, the players still have to actually play and they have to actually produce, and that did not happen. But I do think it's a little bit weird that the offense looked pretty good, scoring 142 in game three. Then all of a sudden, Steve Kerr gets COVID and the offense falls apart. So, I do think that Mike Brown is an underwhelming head coach. I think Sacramento is screwed because I don't think they should have hired him, but it's the Kings. So, you know, they don't do anything smart when it comes to head coaching hires. And I think he will be a disaster in Sacramento next year. So, yes, I'm not exactly a Mike Brown guy. Uh, Sorry if you are, but I don't know what from the last two performances you've actually been encouraged by with his coaching. And hopefully, Kerr's on the bench on. Friday, and hopefully Golden State can bounce back and win the series on Friday. Now to go through game six, you look at the actual spread, Golden State is favored by eight and a half. Should they be favored by eight and a half? Hell no. There's no way I'm backing a team that lost by 39 points in the last game to win by nine or more. I think that's a crazy line, and that's why I liked Memphis over the course of the past week. I think Golden State is just getting way too much respect from the betting markets and really the public. And now the public, I think, is starting to turn on Golden State a little bit just because of the fact that a true championship contending team should not be losing by 39 points to a team without its best player. Now, in my personal opinion, I actually do believe Memphis is better without Ja because defensively, Ja Morant is such a mess that I feel like a lot of teams could pick on him. Hell, we saw Patrick Beverly calling isos against him in the first round of the playoffs. But it seems like Memphis, with the adjustments they made, they used Adams a lot more for the last two games to help out with the rebounding. It paid off, and I do like what they've been doing. But I have to at least acknowledge that over the course of the playoffs, Golden State has looked like a pretty good team, but they have not looked like a Milwaukee. They have not looked like a Boston. They have not looked like the Miami, and I guess the one silver lining with Golden State right now is the fact that Phoenix has not looked as dominant either, so you can still make a point that even if Golden State does look a little bit, I'd say, underwhelming to some degree up to this point, they are still capable of beating Phoenix in a playoff series. Now, would I pick them to beat Phoenix? I would not, but I do think it's possible. I think that series would go seven, and I do think Golden State has the capabilities of making it back to the NBA Finals. Do I think they're going to win the Finals? No. I think that whoever comes out of the East should beat Golden State because I really question if Golden State is, I'd say, just consistent enough offensively to get the job done. And, of course, you're going to live by the three, die by the three. But one issue Golden State ran into, which really just got stuck in my head, and I understand that you know Adams was playing, you had to get creative a bit with the lineups. You cannot play Draymond Green and Kevon Looney at the same time. You just can't do it because both Draymond and Looney are allergic to shooting. And if you put both of them on the court at the same time, you're playing five on three. Now, I know that Draymond can facilitate. I know he can set screens. I know that that's more of his, I'd say, that's more of his prowess on the offensive end. But you really cannot go five on three offensively when it comes to shooting and expect to win many games. So I do not think Looney and Draymond should be on the floor together. I know that you have to find a way to combat Adams, but using both of them together, in my opinion, is not it. So we'll see what happens moving forward. We'll see what adjustments Kerr makes, assuming he's back on the bench. But to go through the actual series in Game 6, do I think Golden State is a lock? to win the game because they're minus 425 on the money line and the truth is I'm actually quite attracted by the Grizzlies plus 320. I I really don't know why the Warriors are laying this many points. I understand the idea in principle. Memphis is without jaw. Golden State got embarrassed. They should be very motivated to get back on track. That's all fine and dandy if you want to use that type of theory but from what I've seen on the court Golden State has not looked like they've been worthy of laying eight and a half points against this Memphis team. And you're looking at the overall, I'd say, just roster for Memphis. They're a very deep team. They have a lot of players who can contribute. Of course, you got Zaire off the bench. You have Tyus Jones, who got moved into the starting lineup, who has been very good. Bain has looked better, and we know the back has been a concern for him over the course of the playoffs. They still have Melton, who I know has not done much, in the playoffs, but he's still a decent backup guard. They have guys. They have guys who can can contribute. And I'm looking at Golden State. I don't think Golden State's bench is very good, especially with Gary Payton II being out for probably the rest of the playoffs. But I'm trying to figure out what the true adjustments Golden State can make. I think Golden State just has to throw game five out in the garbage because there's really nothing you can take away. You turn the ball over 20-something times, you get killed in every aspect of the game. And to go through the actual stats here, Memphis shot about 2% better from the floor, shot about 8% better from three, attempted 17 more free throws, recorded 18 more rebounds, and turned the ball over 12 fewer times. So Memphis controlled every aspect of the game. Golden State basically no-showed. And I feel like you have to toss it out. Now, I do think that this dominant win is a bit concerning for Golden State because it does give the Grizzlies a bit of added confidence. And you can make an argument after losing that game they should have won in Golden State in Game 4, maybe Memphis would roll over. And I feel like that's what Golden State was anticipating, and that did not happen. But Memphis has seen that when they are at their best without jaw, they can win, and they can win handily. And I do think the worst thing you can give a desperate team is hope. And it seems like Memphis now has a lot of hope. So do I have any interest in laying? About eight and a half with the with the Warriors in Game Six. Hell no, I do not. I think Memphis is actually quite live to win the game. But let's assume for a second that Memphis does end up winning Game Seven, Golden uh, Game Six, I mean, sorry, and we end up going to a Game Seven. Golden State would be favored in Game Seven anyway. Would it be a big spread? Absolutely not. If I had to guess, it would probably be close to what the Game 5 series was with a bit of a correction. I think Golden State would be minus two. I think it would be a similar spread to what the Suns are laying against the Mavericks in that road game six taking place Thursday night. So do I think Golden State is going to win the series? I am really on the fence about it. I really do not like what I've been seeing. I like the adjustments that the Warriors have been making. The truth is, I think that the main thing Golden State needs to rely on or force Memphis into doing is getting Dylan Brooks a bunch of shots. And Dylan Brooks went 5 for 13 yesterday. He only played 24 minutes. We saw him basically single-handedly cost this team the game in Game 4. And we know Dylan Brooks, with anything he does not lack, it's confidence. And I do believe Brooks could single-handedly sabotage the Grizzlies once again in another game, especially on the road. But I expect Golden State to look better in Game 6. I expect them to get it done in Game 6 personally. I do not feel great about it, to be honest with you. But I do feel great about the Grizzlies getting 8.5. I think that's absolutely absurd, and I will definitely be taking that play because from what I've seen in the two games without Jaw. Memphis has outplayed Golden State for basically six quarters, and one of the two quarters Golden State outplayed them for was the fourth quarter of garbage time in Game 5. So you have the fourth quarter of Game 4. Golden State came from behind, won the game basically in that entire quarter. And other than that, Memphis has dominated about 90% of the last two games. So I think that's concerning, but I do believe that they should look better at home. Memphis will not shoot the lights out once again and – I do believe that Golden State defensively will buckle down, but I have to at least acknowledge that the spread for game six is offensive and Memphis should be the obvious play for this game. But we'll see what happens. Golden State still has one more to go. I'm not going to mention the 3-1 aspect because one was against LeBron, the other one was against Memphis, and you also had a Draymond suspension thrown in there. But you get the idea. It's a spot where even though you're off an embarrassing loss, if there was one game to get blown out in, it's when you already have three games in the series one and you have another chance to get an elimination. So I'm not going to overreact to it, but I'm acknowledging it. It's not ideal. Let's put it that way. But for the sake of game seven, if it goes to game seven, I'm picking Memphis. I think this is a must-win game for Golden State, and I do believe that if Memphis pulls this off, and wins as plus 320 underdogs in game six. I don't want to say Golden State's going to fold, but confidence will be at an all-time high for Memphis, and I do believe the Grizzlies would deliver at the FedEx Forum. So I think this is a must-win game, and we're going to treat that accordingly. So that has been this installment of the Betty Maria podcast here for Thursday, May 12th. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early,